So I'm on my way to the playground with my aunt and her bratty kids when we pass by this totally trashed car. The whole front was smashed in and the hood was basically wrinkled tinfoil. We slowed down to look because how could you not? There was a cop car chilling next to the crash, but the driver had obviously already been taken to the hospital or the morgue or wherever. The whole windshield was shattered. My aunt was like, huh, must have hit a deer, but I really didn't think so. My dad hit a deer once on accident and his car was covered in the thing's blood. There was no blood on the outside of this car, not even trailing into the forest. Whatever they crashed into was either crazy tough or definitely not alive. It creeped me out. So I asked what street it was. My nephew Stefan took a break from hitting his sister to point to the street sign. And who would have guessed? It was Wrangler Road. I won't lie. My skin crawled. I don't like to be anywhere near Harding anymore. When my aunt offered me some extra spending money in exchange for dumping her kids on me, I'd made sure we were going to one of our city's less murdery playgrounds. Not that I really needed to say anything anyway. My family's been treating me like a baby ever since I got big kidnapped. In the car, my aunt put her hand on my hand, which I guess was supposed to be comforting, and she murmured some crap about moving on or facing our problems or whatever. And then she turned, and we got to Stefan and Anna's elementary school. It was out for the summer, but there were still five or six kids on the playground. My aunt gave the shrimp some big, slobbery goodbye kisses, and the three of us walked through the rusted fence gate. I could see forested hills rising, all scenic behind the playset, and I just knew they were a part of Harding Park. I guess you could say I had an instinct. Also, I could see the huge clouds of fog or mist or whatever tangled in the tree branches. Far away or not, I was freaked. My niece Anna went straight for the group of girls scratching curse words into the slide and Stefan kicked some other kid off the swing. I looked around for a place to sit that wasn't occupied by a bored parent on their iPhone. The playground wasn't huge, just a jungle gym, standard playset, and three of those animal ridey things. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I feel like those have a name. Give me a second. Okay. I just googled it. Spring Riders. There were three Spring Riders. One of them was a bright green frog with a weirdly smooth body. No arms or legs or webbed feet. The white paint had chipped out of its dopey cartoon eyes, so it was left with these two flaking holes where its sights should be. The horse was super flat, like two-dimensional almost. I guess it's so kids can put their legs on either side of it. It was originally painted pink, but it had a whole new coat of sharpied curse words. And then there was the alligator. It had two seats, separated by the scales on its back. 
It was the newest of the Spring Riders, and its paint was still a vivid pea green. It had uh, lavender eyes with small pupils. It, there was something unsettling about the brightness. Like, when you turn the saturation up way too high on an Instagram picture and suddenly everyone looks like a demon. The mouth was curved into what was supposed to be a friendly smile, but the effect was kind of ruined by the inch or so of sharp teeth you could see behind the mostly closed lips. As long as I was going to be near Harding, I was going to be vigilant. So I sat on the merry-go-round across from the animals, staring at the hills. I hadn't seen that place in weeks. And the summer had been fine, mostly, ever since camp ended early. <laughs> Understatement of the century. We're all getting used to talking around it. My mom lets me do whatever I want now, but pretty much all I've wanted to do is sleep and see Sophie. I really like Sophie. She still doesn't know exactly what happened at Harding, but she kind of gets the gist. She's always pushing me to record testimony of my paranormal experiences or whatever, but I don't know. I'm not really into it. Which brings me back to the mist. The longer I looked at it, the more I felt it was... moving. I guess? Uh, spreading. Actually, it kind of looked like a pot of water boiling over. I was convinced I was being paranoid and closed my eyes. But when I opened them again, there was no doubt. The mist was pressing closer. It was crawling towards the roof of the elementary school. I'd seen the mist before. Obviously, I guess it's the veil or whatever it is. Dead people go beyond, I don't know, but it looked different now. Less like fog, more like a blackening storm cloud. It pushed at the playground fences and something flashed inside it like lightning. I called for Stefan. I called for Anna, but their names came out in slow motion, my voice all deep and long. I tried to move, to grab them and fucking bail, but I could hardly lift my arm. The air was so heavy. The storm cloud oozed through the slots in the fence. It blocked the sun. No one else seemed to understand what was happening. They kept tapping at phone screens or digging in sandboxes just at one-tenth of their usual speed, and their faces were lit only by the flashes from the cloud. There was a word tugging at my brain. I'd had random thoughts before, obviously, but this wasn't like that. It pulsed. It blocked everything else out, made all other thoughts impossible. It sounded like my voice, but it wasn't. The hunt, it said. The hunt. The hunt. I closed.
close my eyes. Sometimes when things are like really hard, there's nothing more comforting than the dark behind my eyelids. I imagine the word hunt and it seared into my vision, bright red. And then I pictured it in Comic Sans just to take a little of the scared shitless out of the situation. I knew I had to push the word out of me. I fantasized about blowing my nose. I considered crying. I even imagined myself peeing in my new Hollister jean shorts. I clenched my fists and my fingers moved at a normal speed. The word was gone. I opened my eyes. I was the only one who'd snapped out of slow motion. I took a step towards my frozen family, and then I heard a growl. It was the frog. Because of course the animal righty things were alive. Because this is my life, and lately everything around me is a total disaster. And the pink horse rocked hard against its metal stand, craning to reach me. Fuck it all was scratched into its ear and outlined with Sharpie. The frog turned its plastic neck to look at me. And its unpainted eyes were all shadow. And the alligator, well, he opened his mouth. It was like unsheathing a dozen swords. His teeth stretched on and on, way too long to have fit into his hollow plastic skull. And these fangs? They were definitely not approved for children 13 and under. You could still see his old smile lines on his teeth. And there was a strip of weathered, off-white paint where the two inches of teeth had been exposed to the sun. And the frog growled again and it sounded like it was saying the hunt because okay apparently they could kind of talk too seriously fuck this so much they were all rocking now so fast they basically had cartoon motion lines around them I was running away because duh the mist was gathering thick around the people, slowing them into stillness. I grabbed Stefan's arm and tried to pull him, but as soon as I touched his skin, I was back in slow motion. I let go. I thought about running. The spring riders only seemed interested in me. I don't know why, but I guess I had something more worth taking. And then I looked down at the brat and knew I couldn't just leave him and his sister there. I love the little monsters. I needed a plan. The horse snapped its stand first. Its sloped bottom hit the concrete and it started to scoop forward inch by inch. Next to the buffering families, it looked like a speeding bullet and it was coming for me. I moved away from Stefan and its stare followed. Great. The frog broke off its stand too, and then, with a crash, the alligator reached the ground. The frog's flaking eyes didn't seem to work too well, because it was struggling to find a path clear of the playground equipment. 
alligator. It was fast. When it rocked forward, its teeth clattered against the concrete. I did the only thing I could think to do and ran onto the playset. I mean, I'm 13, I don't have a car, and I took a sacred oath to babysit or whatever. I wasn't exactly fit to run anywhere safer. I bolted up the kitty steps and hoped the wild bunch couldn't follow. The alligator went right past the steps. He moved instead towards the slide, where Anna was scratching the world's slowest insult into the tube. His purple eyes, so garish against the pea-green face, narrowed. And I just reacted. I jumped off the playset and onto its back. I landed a bit on the spike, so yeah, okay, that hurt. The alligator rolled forward, trying to buck me off, but I grabbed the handlebars and tightened my legs around its sides. Luckily, the thing was built for children, so my feet touched the ground. I dug them into the dirt, trying to keep us still, but the plastic beast was still gnashing its massive fangs. I looked behind me, and the horse had stopped to nudge the sightless frog in the right direction. They were moving towards us fast. I held on tight to the handlebars and thought, Help. Please. God. Satan. Aya. Whoever. I will take help from literally anything. And then I changed my mind and was like, please help from someone at least kind of good because I didn't want to go accidentally trading my soul to some demon wannabe or whatever. The alligator stopped trying to buck me off and turned fast. There was a man standing there. I almost started crying. It was Richard, the homeless guy who found me last year after Chad tried to straight up murder me. He was running towards us, moving at an actually normal pace. I guess that whatever I have, he had too, because the monster's headed towards him now. But he just put his hands up, like a wannabe Chris Pratt in Jurassic World. The mist shifted away from him as he moved, almost like he had an invisible force field. I tried to keep the alligator in place, but my feet were dragging through the wood chips. And then Richard smiled, and it all just... stopped. We were frozen. Then there was a sound, like a bell in an empty room. And the mist rolled back. The spring riders collapsed onto the ground. The alligator's mouth closed, its plastic lips curling into a smile. Everything was normal again. Sort of. No one else had noticed a thing. I said thank you to Richard like a dozen times. He kept saying no problem and looking off. Obviously, he's not used to compliments. The other parents looked suspiciously at him, which, fuck you guys. You're totally chill with supernatural forces quicksanding your kids, but can't deal with a homeless dude? Especially a guy like Richard, who's basically sunshine personified. Just being around him makes me feel better. Especially now.
because I know I wanted to live my life in ignorance or whatever, but that was before I knew all this scary supernatural stuff could follow me outside of Harding. And before when all I had to do was avoid a dumb park for the rest of my life, it seemed easy. But if this is just... a thing? If I'm doomed to see creepy shit forever? Well, I'm glad there's someone else who gets it. And I guess that's how I ended up agreeing to take magic lessons from the homeless dude who sort of saved my life this summer. It's a long story. I know. I hope he doesn't assign homework. This is supposed to be a vacation, you know? And it's really been nothing but awful. Ugh. Can I, like, trade in my life now? I'd like a newer model. Overkill is written and directed by Leah Hagen. Sound is by me, Juan Giordano. The voice of Madison is Christina Gayton. For more information on all of our projects, please follow at GalPalsPresent on Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr. You can also support the show by donating to our Patreon or leaving a five-star review. It really means a lot. Thanks.